Now, okay, one of the obvious things we could do is uh, Ninja Storm. And yep, we, we could. could. Uh, Butthead. <laughs> um, alternatively, <laughs> uh, I've been watching a lot of um, Totally Not Marks. I almost said Markiplier. It's wrong Mark. Uh, <laughs> totally Not Marks um, review series of Dragon Ball Z. Um, okay. Which apparently... He had the fucking clout to bring the band back together. Uh, Team Four Star is back and did a bunch of clips for the Boo Saga, which I'm very happy about. They've been broken up for five years now, which seems insane because it seems like it was much more recent than that. But um, they're the guys who did Dragon Ball Z Abridged. And Hmm. um, they they finished the Cell Saga, um, which is like where a lot of fans agree that the series um like that that was its appropriate end point but then it just kept going <laughs> mm-hmm. um and uh and they were going to do the boo saga but they they just been burnt out cuz they'd been doing Dragon Ball Z abridged for like 13 years or something hmm. or wait hang on it was like 2009 2018 Nine years. The point is, it was a long fucking time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so they were like, okay, we think we're done. Um, But I've now seen new Boo Saga clips from them, and it's great. (laughs) That's Um, cool. Anyway, all that is to say, I'm in a very Dragon Ball mood, and I decided to take a look, and I have done zero episodes about Dragon Ball characters. I have talked a lot about Dragon Ball um, just because I'm a huge fan of it, but yeah, I can't remember. Have you ever even watched it? No. So my guess is you'd want Jay for a, a Dragon Ball episode. No, but that's the thing. I don't <laughs> <laughs> because an episode with Jay, we're just going to be like, yeah, everybody knows that Mr. Satan is a fucking idiot, but. That's the thing. Not everybody knows because you don't know that Mr. Satan is a fucking idiot. You don't even know who Mr. Satan is, I bet. I don't. Fake fan. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it might be really interesting because like uh, okay, let's what, okay, because I'm sure cultural osmosis has taught you at least a little bit. What do you know about, oh, by the way, uh, I've decided we're doing this. Hello and welcome to Cape Corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you know about Dragon Ball Z or the Dragon Ball franchise in general? Just Is the main there. character's name Gaiku? <laughs> Son Gaku? <laughs> is that is that the name of the main character? Wait, are you actually being serious? I don't remember. It's Goku. <laughs> It's Goku, not Gaiku. I was like, I was like, Gaiku is a fucking car insurance. I was like, there's a G and there's a K. Holy shit. I think there's an U somewhere. I thought you were doing a bit. What the fuck? No, Goku does sound correct now that I'm hearing it. We Um, are okay. We're dealing with a super ignorant. Like, is there a, is there a Vegeta somewhere? Vegeta, yes. In this series? It's, it's with a G, not a D, but yes. 
Oh, did I say it weird? Okay. You said like Vegeta. It's Vegeta. Oh no, I I think I said Vegeta. Oh okay. Um, but okay. Uh, I'm still okay. throwing Goku, for a loop. There's a Goku. There's a Vegeta. Uh-huh. Uh There's something called a Kamehameha. <laughs> yes. Where you do something cool, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is cool. And there's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> Do you not even know about Super Saiyan? Oh yeah, Super Saiyan. He's, he is he does supersonic where his Oh yellow... no, no. <laughs> supersonic is is the derivative. <laughs> yeah. The place where he's yellow and and more powerful. Yeah. Yellow hair. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. This is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, I know the Batman episode is going to be a long one, but... Uh, oh, Lord. The, How far off are we from, from 100? Uh, Which one is this? I believe this is 97. Oh, man. <laughs> so, oh, no. I got to wait. So I got I to look ahead. Okay, so that means this weekend's 97, 98, 99... And it looks like the weekend of October 1st. I will have to remember that and be ready. <laughs> Which is wild, because September 30th, I'm planning on potentially uh, interviewing a Kingdom Hearts voice actor. <laughs> so, Oh, that's awesome. So that's going to be an insane weekend for me. Yeah. Um, I, guess maybe, I guess maybe you'd want that to be your Cape Corner episode that week. No, 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 no. That's, that's, no stop, that's different. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's a different project. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, actually, I don't know if I'm going to be working on the first, so it might need to be I do both of those things on the 30th. Oh, that's the 30th be a might brutal... just be the most insane day of my life. That'll be a brutal day for it. That'll, that'll be a long day. Because the I, Batman episode's going to be four hours long. My voice will be wrecked come October. Oh yeah, so will mine. Mine's always kind of wrecked, so that'll be a tough day. Excuse me. Um, all right, but consider this the the beginning of the run up uh, because this is going to be a a crazy episode. All right, <laughs> sit down, my son, and let me tell you a tale—the tale of Son Goku. Okay. Um, okay. Hey. It's it's back, Ding-a-ling. It's it, it's the fucking segment I never do anymore. It's the real world history. I can do it with this. Yay. Um, have you heard of Wukong? No. Fucking uncultured swine. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, Sun Wukong is a mythological figure in Chinese folklore. He is the Monkey King, and okay. he has influenced a lot of shit in the modern era. Most notably is Goku, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, the Pokemon Infernape, who is a flaming monkey martial artist with gold accents, um, he is based on Sun Wukong. Um, Wukong is in a couple of games like League of Legends and Smite. Um, uh, he he is uh, the main focal point of the 2009 or 8? 2008? Uh, movie, um, The Forbidden Kingdom, uh, which was the first movie that featured both Jackie Chan and Jet Li, two martial arts legends. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, he's 
Oh, and uh, the first ever Chinese AAA video game is being made, and it is Black Myth Wukong. Uh, hmm. So you will be playing as the Monkey King. But essentially, uh, the Monkey King is a Buddhist story um, that talks about... He, he was essentially like a, a weirdly little sentient monkey creature that was a prankster and a trickster and just loved fucking with people. And he became a martial artist and increasingly became more and more of an influence over the land. And there was the Jade Empire, ruled by the Jade Emperor, who was essentially a man who was um, drawing on godly powers to make himself into a god. And the Monkey King essentially acted as a one-man army against the Jade Empire. And uh, in the old story, Journey to the West, which is what all of this is based on, it's an old myth, Journey to the West, um, uh, Wukong winds up meeting with a handsome young prince, um, a turtle man, uh, a pig man, and uh, Wukong uses various abilities. First of all, he has the Nyoibo, um, which is a staff that can change its size so he could like you know whack you over the head with it like a staff or he can drop a giant pillar onto you from above essentially um okay uh he can pluck hairs from atop his head and like blow them into the wind and make like clones of himself he can turn himself into a statue he can shapeshift into multiple animals um and one of his defining things is that he is able to ride on a cloud to fly in the sky. Um, so uh, let me uh, let me show you what he looks like. Oh, I almost forgot. There is now a, a Lego series uh, called Monkey King. Um, okay, cool. Or it's like Monkey Boy or some shit like that. But um, let let me. Oh fuck! There's a lot of these images. It's I just gotta pick one to give you a general idea. I'll do this one. Um, but, uh, oh, fuck. I gotta find our DM. Okay, here you go. Th this is generally what the Monkey King looks like. Okay. Wait, hang on. It's, it's, it's getting there. Okay. Okay, cool. I see. Yeah, so that's the idea. Um, and like I said, it has influ I mean, there's there's movies, um, not just the Forbidden Kingdom, but I'm looking at a movie poster for the Monkey King. Uh, uh, th there's an animated one apparently now. Like I don't know. There's he is influenced. Sun Wukong is to Chinese folklore what like Sherlock Holmes is to British folklore. Okay, he's the guy, right? So. Uh, or, or I, I guess I should have said something like Sir Arthur, like something more. You you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Dragon Ball was made by Akira Toriyama, um, who, he, uh, back in the early '80s, maybe even late '70s, was sort of an up and coming mangaka, um, a person who makes manga, and. He mostly liked doing gag manga. Um, he did one about like a, a really hot but stupid policewoman. Um, he did some other one that I can't remember. 
Um, and his first proper manga was a series called Dr. Slump, which was about um, a scientist who built a robot named Arale. And Arale is this tiny little gremlin child. And she's just really goofy and silly. She She's fascinated by poop. She'll see like little swirly, okay. she'll see little swirly poops and just grab a stick and start poking at it. Um, like, uh, but she's in like she's superhuman to a, a ludicrous degree. Um, like physics means nothing in the world of Doctor Slump. She at one point broke the Earth in half. Um, okay, and it was fine because that's what it was. It was like a Looney Tunes thing, but for Japanese people, right? Yeah. Um. So like them sawing Florida off of the coast or whatever, or her breaking the earth in half, it's all kind of the same shtick. So after that, he wound up making Dragon Ball because he wanted to make a series based on Journey to the West. So yeah. uh, the, the story of Goku, I don't want to tell this because I could start you off with the way Dragon Ball starts you off, or I could give you the epic deep lore that we get many years later. <laughs> how, how would how, you go ahead and pick? Would you like uh, to hear about the circumstances of Goku's birth, or do you want to get plopped in to the middle of the story when he's twelve years old? I guess the second one. Okay, so. Uh, we start with a young 12-year-old boy. He says he's 14, but it's later revealed he just can't count. Because Goku is dumb. <laughs> Let's get that okay. out of the way. Goku is not the brightest uh, bulb in the bunch. He's, he's, like, he's very intelligent in some ways, but socially, academically, like those are not where his intelligence lies. <laughs> um, uh so he is living in the middle of the woods in an area called Mount Paozu. And we find out that he was raised by his grandfather, who was a man named Gohan. And uh, Gohan is now dead. He is no longer with us. Uh, Gohan used to tell Goku not to go outside during nights of the full moon because there were monsters that roamed around in the full moon. Mm-hmm. And Gohan was apparently crushed to death by one of these monsters one night. And Goku apparently slept through it. Hmm. And, okay. Uh, so his, his grandfather is gone, but Gohan's prized possession was an orange ball. Or it was more like a yellowish ball with like dark orange stars floating inside of it. Like four reddish stars. Um, let me show you. Ba, 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 ba. These are all like way more cartoony than I... <laughs> uh, oh wait, here we go. That's a decent looking one. Okay. Uh, this. Ba -ba. Cool. So, uh, Goku has taken to believing that his grandfather's soul is within this ball, and he keeps it on a little shrine, and he prays to it, and he basically calls it his grandpa. Um, uh, so, 
he is just like living day to day now. Like he, we see him with this giant saw that's way bigger than his tiny body. And he like chops down a tree and he's like, um, uh, like punching this massive, uh, log into pieces and like perfectly cut <laughs> firewood pieces. Um, he kicks a giant fish that's like five times the size of his body and immediately kills it. And he eats this fish and like, he, he's clearly already got superhuman capabilities, but things change when a car starts driving through this countryside area and it's got a 16 year old girl named Bulma. Um, and I'm going to get this out of the way. So many names in Dragon Ball are puns. Okay. A lot of okay. them, a lot of them have some kind of theme going on with them. And for Bulma, her name means bloomers. Okay. Um, because her entire family is named after underwear. Her her father is Dr. Briefs. Mm. Um, her mother is Bikini. Um, <laughs> she is later revealed to have a sister uh, named Tights. Uh, she will one day have a son named Trunks. Like, they're all named after underwear. Oh, and she'd one day have a daughter... Uh, in English, known as Bulla, which is bra. Okay. Um, but anyway, so she arrives, and she's got some sort of little handheld device that looks like some sort of radar. And she's following the signal, and she's getting close to where Goku is. And one day, when Goku is walking along, she accidentally drives through and hits him with her car. Sends him, like, rocketing into a tree. She's like, oh my god, he fucking dead. And he gets up and he's mad. And he's like, some sort of metal monster just attacked me. I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> and so she freaks out, because he picks the car up over his head with her in it, and tosses it onto its side. And she pops out and um, and pulls out a, a pistol and shoots him in the head. Oh, fuck. Which he gets up from screaming like, "Ow, that really hurt!" <laughs> and she's like, "What the fuck is this thing?" And he starts advancing to her, and she drops the gun and puts both hands up. And is like, "I, ju I'm just a girl. Don't hurt me." And he's like, "Oh, a girl. My grandpa told me about them. He said if I ever meet a girl, I should be nice to them." She and she's like, "You've never met a girl before?" He's like, "Nope. The only other person I ever knew was my grandpa." Um, hmm. Oh, I should I should mention Goku has a tail. Um and Bulma's just like this dumb fucking kid. Does he think he's cool gluing a tail to his butt? Um <laughs> uh, I, I am gonna take a second to show you what Goku looked like back then. Um, okay. No, I didn't need the naked Goku figurine. Thanks, Google. There is a thing, because it is, again, back in the day, Akira Toriyama was, like, super into gag manga, um, like... Oh, that's fun. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what Goku looked like. Um, uh, there would be a lot of bits where Goku is just, like, full-ass naked, like, his little dick is out <laughs> and everything, and you can see it, and, uh, it's just supposed to be like, haha, it's funny because stupid kid doesn't know about clothes. <laughs> and it, <laughs> but... 
But like looking back on it, it's like, you know, I really didn't need to see this little boy's penis. Like, please don't do that to me again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, so she winds up being like, uh, essentially escorted by Goku. He starts acting as her bodyguard and he takes her back to his house. And that's where she finds that four star ball. And she pulls out two other balls, one with, um, like two stars and one with five stars, I think. And Hmm. she reveals that they're called dragon balls. Uh, so she is effectively the richest girl in the world. Uh, her dad is the head of capsule corporation. Okay. In this world, there's a technology where everything can be turned into these little things called hoi poi capsules. Um, they're, they're tiny capsules with a button on top. And what you do is, uh, like people will have like briefcases, like little cases, and they can open it up and there'll be an array of capsules and like a, a guide inside the top uh, lid. And you can see what goes to what. And you pull one out and you hit the button on top and you throw it like a little grenade, and in a puff of smoke, whatever's inside of it pops out. Uh, Mm. People store fridges, uh, motorcycles, cars, entire houses in these capsules. Oh my god. Um, And a a lot of these things built with capsule technology, like you'll you'll go to a house, and you'll go to like the side of the house, and there'll be like a panel, and you press that panel and and it just, and it disappears and it turns into a capsule. So this is one of the predominant technologies of this world. And so they're like the richest family in the world. Cause they're basically like Amazon or something. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, and so she's already a genius. Um, and she really isn't hurting for anything in life, but one day she was just bored and she was going through capsule corporation storage and she found one of these balls and she decided to do research on it. And she found the legend of the dragon balls supposedly there are seven magical balls in this world, each with a different number of stars from one to seven. And if you bring all seven together, it will summon the eternal dragon Shenron. Okay. And this dragon will grant you any one wish. Um, and then there's some more details. Like after the wish is made, the ball scattered to the four corners of the earth. Um, she decides to keep that, part of secret from Goku for right now, but her original idea was she wanted to get all seven dragon balls and she wanted to wish for a field of strawberries. No joke. Um, <laughs> which she then later amended to wanting to wish for the perfect boyfriend. Okay. Um, so she studied this dragon ball, realized it was emitting a unique electromagnetic signature made this dragon radar that she carries around, which can now detect dragon balls. In the lore of the series, Dragon Balls were found maybe once every couple hundred years. Like, Hmm. wishes were not common. They'd only been done a handful of times in all of Earth's history. Bulma single-handedly trivializes the experience of gathering the Dragon Balls because we will now make wishes pretty much every year from now on. (laughs) Um, Hmm. By inventing this Dragon Radar. So she found a second one, and then Goku's is the third one she finds. And she's like, hey, I'll tell you what. Let me borrow your grandpa's Dragon Ball. uh, And then after I make my wish, I'll give it right back to you. Again, she doesn't tell him that it's going to scatter to somewhere else in the world. (laughs) She 
because she is a manipulative bitch. <laughs> Bulma is great. I love her. She's legitimately one of my favorite characters uh, because <laughs> she she can be oddly cruel when she really wants to be. She's very selfish. Uh, I love that about her. It, it plays off especially well because she is this incredibly calculating and uh, conniving, uh, uh, almost an asshole of a character uh, with no power, paired with this incredibly naive and sweet and innocent powerhouse boy. Um, so their character dynamic is extremely fun. Um, <laughs> but as far as Journey to the West and the parallel... Bulma is the prince that the Monkey King teams up with. Okay. Um, and they would wind up going on adventures. First of all, uh, they wind up finding a Dragon Ball not because of Bulma's invention, but because of Goku's good nature. Uh, he sees a turtle that is lost. Um, it is a talking turtle, and he decides to help it get back home. He takes him to the beach, lets him swim out to sea. He's like, uh, my master will want to thank you. Give me a minute. And he swims out to sea, and he comes back with a man riding on his back. And uh, this is, again, from Journey to the West, the Turtle Man. In this, it is Master Roshi, the Turtle Hermit. Um, and Roshi has a Dragon Ball as a necklace. Uh, at this point in the story, Roshi is the strongest man in the world. And not only is he the strongest man in the world, he actually trained... Goku's grandfather, Gohan. Hmm. Um, so, like, they were friends. Like, they were the two strongest people in the world. Uh, it's debatable who was stronger than who. I think, like, later on, it's pretty uh, effectively shown that Gohan was probably stronger. But uh, the point is, uh, Roshi feels some semblance of, like, familial connection to Goku because he is the grandson of one of his greatest friends. Um, okay. He gives Goku the flying Nimbus, a yellow cloud that only the pure of heart can ride on. Roshi cannot ride on it because he is a pervert. Um, the whole old man is a pervert in anime thing. It didn't start with Dragon Ball, but Dragon Ball definitely popularized it because Roshi is a fucking problem. He would definitely be on the list these days. <laughs> <laughs> um. <sighs> Like, just some really, like, it, it makes it almost hard to watch these days because you're like, that's not cool, man. Like, he, there's a, there's a side plot later on where Bulma invents a shrink ray and she, like, uses it to travel around, like, it, like basically she's popped out, out of the top of, like, Goku's shark collar and she's just, like, riding in his shirt, basically. Like, it's like, all right, that's neat. But as soon as Roshi gets his hands on it, uh, Bulma's using his bathroom, and <laughs> and he shrinks himself to crawl under the door and watch her pee. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I had to take a second. I'm not proud of it. This is... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the first anime I got into. This is one of my foundational... Uh, pieces of media and and Roshi shrinks to watch a, a 16 year old girl pee. Oh, I'm sorry. I think she was like 19 at the time. That makes it better. Okay. Um, uh, but the point is, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the Dragon Ball if uh, 
if you let me see your panties. And due to, <laughs> again, Goku's innocent naivete, uh, the first night he and Bulma spent together, he crawled into her bed to sleep with her, and he rested his head back on her crotch. And again, he never met a woman before. He didn't know there were differences between men and women. And in fact, it becomes a running thing for a while, like until Goku's an adult and finally pro properly learns the differences that he has to pat people's crotches to figure out if they're men or women. Weird. Okay. <laughs> and like the first time he lays his head back, he's like, that's weird. And like, he pulls her panties off and screams and she wakes up and like she jumps to her feet. She's like, What? What's going on? What? And he's like, Your balls are missing. She's like, What? And she runs over to a nearby drawer and is like, No, the dragon balls are right here. What are you talking about? And he's clearly like traumatized, so he just doesn't say anything else. <laughs> so she like lifts up her fucking nightgown and doesn't know that Goku took her panties off. <laughs> and so she just flashes Roshi. He's like, Yep, here you go. Here's a Dragon Ball. I'll tell you what, here's this magic cloud as a bonus. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye. He's <laughs> like, ah, I'm glad I'm alive for this. Um, Roshi's also immortal, by the way. He's like 300 years old. He drank an immortality elixir at some point. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so later on she finds her pair of panties on the ground and I think pulls out a machine gun and just lights Goku up. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so they continue going on adventures. They meet the Ox King, which is this like giant monster of a man, and his daughter Chi Chi, who Chi Chi is my most hated character in all of Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, she's probably my most hated character in all of Dragon Ball. Uh, she's definitely like top three. Um, I can't stand her because she's only enjoyable as a character as a little girl, which we see for all of like, I don't know, five episodes. And then for the rest of the series, she is the most annoying, frustrating and delusional and psychopathic adult. Like Toriyama again, did this thing where again, it was the eighties and it was Japan. And he's like, <laughs> women wives are pretty much monsters, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Chi-Chi is the main focus of that uh, okay. thrilling commentary. Um, so, the, like, the she, okay, she is a martial artist, married a martial artist, and then gets mad whenever her martial artist husband wants to take her son and do martial arts with him. Um, she hires a tutor who literally whips him. That was anime only. Uh, when I say whips, I don't mean spanks. I mean pulls out a whip. Hmm. <laughs> it's okay. like, learn math! Whip! Uh, <laughs> look, just trust me. She's a problem. But but she immediately falls in love with Goku because she has an incredibly juvenile sense of like, I'm supposed to meet someone and love them and then we'll be together forever and have an incredibly chaste and milk toast. Uh, loving relationship uh, where we only have sex for procreation and and all the Goku fanboys are going to hate this they do only have sex for procreation it is confirmed 
in canon, whether you fucking like it or not, that Goku has never kissed his wife. <laughs> okay. I truly don't give a fuck if that upsets people. That's just what the story is. And they want to be like, but they kissed in Dragon Ball Z. There was exactly one scene where they kissed. To which I say, that was the English dub, and they added a kiss sound effect when neither of their faces were on screen. Hmm. They didn't kiss in that scene. I know. I fucking watched it. <laughs> That's fun. This is where the bulk of my anger for this is going to come in, is the fact that Goku fanboys are some of the most miserable scumbags on the planet. Like, because this is the problem, right? They grew up with a certain interpretation of the character, which is basically just anime Superman instead of what Goku actually is. Um, and they spent decades with a Goku poster on their wall while they lifted weights and tried to get swole because he is their inspiration. And they've built a parasocial relationship with this fucking anime character. And you might think this is one of those cases where I'm being facetious. I'm not. People literally have a parasocial relationship with Goku. They That's take weird. personal offense if you criticize the character of Goku because he has become their idealized version of games and training and stuff like that. Mm. So, so to slight Goku is as if to slight them. Because they're, they're like, he is my ideal, he is my goal, I want to be like Goku, so I have to look at him as though he is perfect and flawless. He's not. He's incredibly flawed. Goku himself says he's flawed. Like, they, they want to be like, Goku's the greatest hero and protector of Earth. Goku himself, in the series, says, I'm not really that good as a protector of Earth. Uh, I think my son would be better at that. Hmm. Because here's the thing. Has Goku protected Earth? Yes. He's done it multiple times. Does Goku fight for the sake of his friends? Yeah. A lot of times there's bad guys that threaten his friends and he wants to protect them. But it's selfish. They're his friends. You know what he does with complete strangers? Hmm? Nothing. He doesn't protect <laughs> strangers, typically. Like, in a broad sense, there'll be times where he's like, we should move this fighting where we level entire landscapes to somewhere where there's not a lot of people or animals. Like, he's not a psychopath, right? But he doesn't go out of his way to protect strangers. Like, he's very friendly with everyone he meets. And if he makes friends with you, then he wants to protect you. But the number one motivation for him fighting is that he likes fighting strong guys. He gets a thrill out of always seeking a greater challenge. Hmm. It's incredibly simple. And these jack-offs don't appreciate that in the way they should. Hell, I don't like Goku that much. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm, I'm not a big Goku fan, despite the fact that I'm doing a Goku episode. And yet, I still have a greater appreciation for him as a character than most self-proclaimed Goku fans. Huh. Um, because he is... It, the beauty of his character does come from his simplicity. It's a lot of 
like okay uh, excuse me i'll get more to it after uh, i finish talking about the first dragon ball arc but goku has a philosophy instilled in him from master roshi who winds up training him that you should never stop training and not just physically you should never trop you you should never stop striving for self improvement not because you need to be the best but because there's always someone better than you mm-hmm. and that may sound like the same thing but we see later on with the character of vegeta whose name you know who is a perfect contrast, Vegeta fights to be the best. Hmm. Goku doesn't care about being the best. He just wants to be good enough to always fight someone stronger, which inevitably leads him to being the best. Hmm. It is the difference in the goals. The journey may be the same. Both Goku and Vegeta are always training, trying to one-up each other. But Vegeta tries to one-up Goku, and then that's it. Because once he's better than Goku, that's his goal. He achieved it. He is now the best. Goku wants to one-up Vegeta so that he can keep matching him and having great fights with him. Hmm. Which is why Goku always uh, winds up being able to surpass Vegeta again, and Vegeta's like, "Oh fuck, okay, I gotta, I gotta try harder now." They they are constantly pushing each other because their different goals wind up setting them into the perfect rivalry. Interesting, uh, and, and they are the greatest shonen rivalry um, in anime and manga history. That because like. Naruto and Sasuke, um, Gon and Killua, they almost all draw inspiration from Goku and Vegeta. You have the high-energy, excitable, goofy, kind of dumb one, and then you have the more calculative, um, menacing one who respects the goofy, dumb one as a rival. Okay. That, that, that is the... Uh, uh, that's the mold that Dragon Ball made, and every successful shonen anime tries to follow. Um, and I should take a moment to point out, Dragon Ball influenced so many modern anime. Have you noticed that a lot of uh, modern anime... I mean, again, I know you're not an anime fan, but you mm-hmm. still might have seen it. Um, I'm sure you know what Luffy looks like, especially because of the stupid fucking ad campaign with the dumbass fucking Netflix series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's got the blue jeans, he's got the red vest, right? Yeah. Naruto has the uh, orange jumpsuit with the blue accents. Uh, That's all because of Goku. (laughs) They're they're literally modeled after Goku's orange (laughs) and blue color scheme. That's interesting. Um, and uh, like even down to uh, Naruto having spiky blonde hair, he was literally modeled after Goku's Super Saiyan look. 
and then Vegeta has, or uh, sorry, fucking Sasuke has uh, a blue outfit with spiky black hair. He's modeled after Vegeta. Um, all right, but anyway, I, I'm getting too into the weeds here. Uh, the point is the the first arc. Uh, they they've they've gone around. They've gathered six of the Dragon Balls, and one of the people that they met uh, on their adventures was the Desert Bandit Yamcha, who tried to steal their Dragon Balls from them. But in true gag manga um, style, he is actually horribly terrified of women. And Bulma thinks he's hot, so she keeps getting really close to him, which freaks him out and sends him leaving before he can steal the Dragon Balls. Um, he also has a shape-shifting cat uh, partner named Poir. Um, okay. Oh, and they wind up meeting a shape-shifting pig, who is the pig person from the uh, Journey to the West uh, parallel. Uh, named Oolong, and Oolong um, sucks. <laughs> uh, and the only reason they managed to force him to join their journey is because Bulma feeds him a voice-activated laxative. And when she shouts, Piggy! He has to immediately stop what he's doing and take a shit. And so, she basically is just constantly threatening to force him to spontaneously shit himself unless okay. he comes along and does what they say. Okay. Interesting. Did you think that Dragon Ball was going to be anything like this? No. I should point out, I'm talking about Dragon Ball, which is the original series, not Dragon Ball Z, which everyone okay, yeah. talks about. True. Um, but Weird. So, uh, <laughs> so... It's basically the party of Goku, Bulma, Oolong, and they're getting trailed by um, Yamcha and Poir. They wind up gathering six of the Dragon Balls. Oh, I almost forgot one of the greatest fucking <laughs> stupid side stories. There, there is okay. There's a side story where they run into a mafioso rabbit. Um. He's got a couple different names depending on the dubs. It's either Boss Rabbit or Monster Carrot. But he is a rabbit wearing sunglasses. Uh, and he has two henchmen. And he has the magical power where when he touches someone, he can turn them into a carrot. Okay. And so he terrorizes this like uh, city, which is vaguely Middle Eastern. Um, like... Bulma needs to get a change of clothes because for a while in the story, she lost all her clothes. Uh, the only thing she had to wear for a while was a bunny suit that Oolong had for some reason. Um, and uh, so she goes to this town and gets like a little, it, it looks like a belly dancer or like an I Dream of Genie kind of outfit. Um, but she gets turned into a carrot. And okay, Goku's like, all right, I got to stop this guy. So he winds up fighting him and his henchmen, beating them. And what he does is, uh, so I, I haven't mentioned it yet. His weapon is this red stick called the Power Pole. And similar to the Monkey King's uh, Nyoibo, which can change size completely, this can't change size completely, but it can extend. Like it can lengthen indefinitely. And so what he does is he grabs these three guys like by their collars in one hand, stabs the power pole into the ground with the other, um, like forces them um, at, at threat of physical violence to turn everyone back from carrots into people. Bulma gets turned back. And then what he does is he extends the power pole and he just goes way up into the sky. A couple <laughs> minutes pass and he comes back down alone. 
And they're like, what did you do with the rabbit and his henchmen? He goes, oh, I put him on the moon. Uh, okay. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I forced them to think about what they've done, so now I've got them making mochi up on the moon. Um, mochi is like a, <laughs> a sweet, doughy substance okay. that they eat as a snack. And cool. Michael, what the fuck? That's because there is a Chinese uh, tale. Yes, most of this so far has been me going, what the fuck? <laughs> There's a Chinese tale that uh, rabbits are actually alien creatures that live on the moon and came to Earth, and okay. they invented mochi up on the moon. Okay. Um, again, that is a, a, a folklore uh from Japan that has actually permeated our culture, whether you realize it or not, because uh, Sailor Moon. You know what she I know looks that like, one? Right? Huh? I know that one. You know how she's got those really, really long pigtails? Yeah. That look kind of like bunny ears? <laughs> yes. And her name is Usagi in Japanese, which means rabbit. Oh, cool. And she's from the moon. <laughs> or uh you might know this do you know the pokemon clefairy nope okay um so <laughs> is, it, entire... is it a rabbit from the moon yeah <laughs> cool uh, clefairy looks <laughs> vaguely rabbitish uh and there is a story that uh the the moonstone which is an item you can get in uh pokemon and can evolve clefairy and you find clefairies in this place called mount moon uh, the moonstone originally create, came from a meteorite. There was a chunk of the moon that had clefairies on it that landed on Earth, and the, the crater it made like made Mount Moon. So now moonstones and clefairies and all that stuff came from the moon. Okay, cool. Um, and then there's also... Uh, oh, uh, the, the final villain of original Naruto is uh, um, a goddess named Kaguya. And she is known as the rabbit goddess, and she's an alien. Hmm. So, again. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, uh, all that said, the final Dragon Ball was gathered by the quote-unquote villain of this arc, who has not even met these guys yet. His two henchmen have, but his name is Emperor Pilaf. And he has two henchmen. Um, one is an attractive woman named Mai, and the other is a little dog man who's dressed in a ninja outfit named Shu. Um, and again, there's a, a, a pun there because pilaf is a type of rice, and I guess so is shumai. Okay, so, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So, are you in a bathroom or something? Yeah, I'm putting away some stuff in my bathroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to mute when I'm not talking so it's not echoing everywhere. Okay, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, so they, they found the one star dragon ball and when everybody goes to Pilaf's castle to try and get the one star dragon ball, they basically have traps set and they manage to capture them. The, they, they hit them with sleeping gas, lock them all in a chamber and they're like, all right, we're, we're going to steal these dragon balls. We're going to go make our wish. They go outside and they gather all seven Dragon Balls, and they go, Come forth, Shinron. And the sky goes black. Like, it was the middle of the day. 
it just goes completely dark like it's nighttime. These balls glow super bright golden. A beam of light shoots in the sky, and this massive dragon, Shenron, appears. Cool. And uh, I should note that along their adventures, uh, when they met the Ox King and uh, Chi-Chi, uh, Roshi revealed his ultimate technique from the Turtle School of Martial Arts. Okay, here it is. The Kamehameha. Yeah! So, Kame is the uh, Japanese word for turtle. Um, it literally means turtle destruction wave. That's epic. I, I love that. <laughs> uh, and it is also, again, a double entendre type pun because uh, it's also named for King Kamehameha, uh, the, one of the Hawaiian kings. Okay. I think the last Hawaiian king, actually. Hmm. Um, but you cup your hands together, you focus all of the energy inside your body into the palms of your hands, it makes a blue orb, and you thrust it forward and shoot out a blue beam of energy. Okay. And when Roshi did it, um, he tried to put... Okay. So, Ox King lived in a castle on top of a mountain called Frypan Mountain. And something happened, and the entire mountain was on fire, and nobody could get close. And so, Roshi was trying to use this to blow the fire all completely away from the mountain. Okay. He accidentally blew up the mountain. <laughs> Wild. Um, and, and so, Ox King's like, you didn't save my home at all! You destroyed it! <laughs> Like, but I guess at least now I can rebuild it, so whatever. Um, uh, and so Goku's like, I want to do that. And Roshi's like, look, kid, you got to train for at least like 30 years to learn this. And Goku immediately does a really tiny one, um, which all it amounts to is denting in the side of a car. Like, it doesn't blow up the car or anything. It just like pushes the side of the car and then crumbles it. And like, the the... The car gets ruined. Um, but Roshi's okay. like, what the fuck? He is able to do one immediately, even if it kind of sucked? Jesus, alright. Mm. Um, so they're all trapped in this dungeon cell, and Pilaf's about to wish to rule the world. And so Goku does a really tiny Kamehameha and manages to blow a single brick out of the wall. To which Poir and Oolong are both shapeshifters. They both turn into bats and fly through the hole in the wall. And okay. Oolong is able to pop back into his pig form, drop out of the sky, step on top of Pilaf's face as he's about to wish to rule the world, jumps off of it, and with a fist in the air, he goes, I wish for a hot girl's panties! <laughs> and a pair of panties daintily drops out of the sky, lands on Oolong's face, and he just grins. And Sh Shinron's like, all right. Your wish is granted. Farewell. <laughs> and the Dragon My Balls God. scatter. And Pilaf's like, My what God. Fuck? Um, I think it's later on revealed. Like, Bulma's like, hey, where'd my panties go? <laughs> okay. So it was just hers. Uh, and so uh, Pilaf gets rightfully pissed. Um, he puts them all in a different chamber. And he's like, all right, this one's got a sunroof. It's a, got a big glass ceiling. And 
I'm sure it feels nice for you right now because we're in the middle of the desert and it's nighttime and so it's nice and cool. But when the sun comes up, that room will turn into an oven. I am going to bake you all alive as punishment for stealing away my chance to rule the world. Okay. I'm going to sleep. Good night. <laughs> Intense. And he, he leaves and they're like, so we're just going to die in this fucking room. This sucks. And, <laughs> and they notice that it's a full moon tonight. And uh, Goku decides to mention to all the others. And um, by the way, I should say Yamcha is basically their ally at this point because you know they're all trying to not die. Um, okay. They're like, he's like, yeah. My grandpa used to talk to me about giant monsters that uh, would come out during the full moon, and uh, they're like, "Hey, that's silly kid stuff, Goku." He's like, "It's not. My grandpa was killed by one of those monsters." Hmm. And Bulma's like, I thought you said the only people that lived on Mount Pauzu was you and your grandpa. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then the wheels start to turn and she goes, Goku, have you ever like gone out and seen the full moon? <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, I did one time. Uh, I had to pee in the middle of the night one time, and I went out, and I saw the full moon, um, but I don't remember much of it. I think I blacked out after that. What the fuck? Okay. And at this point, they start freaking out, because yeah. they remember Goku has a tail. He's clearly not human. Yeah. And then they get the bright idea to say, Goku, whatever you do, don't look up. To which he immediately looks up. <laughs> He's like, wow, look at the moon. It's so big and pretty and bright. And Oh my god. And then he starts undergoing a werewolf transformation. <laughs> oh. And it is revealed to us that the giant monster that murdered Goku's grandfather was Goku. Okay. <laughs> it's... Honestly, this is, my my brain's going. <laughs> it's very upsetting. <laughs> and the worst part is Goku still would not know that he did it uh, for many more years to come. They keep it oh my god. Him. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Um. So here is uh the image of Goku beginning his transformation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. And, uh, uh, this is a good look at the Ozaru, or the Great Ape, which I should point oh, out. fuck. It's not an ape. It is a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, giant monkey is a more appropriate name, but, you know, we're, we're Westerners. We can't do anything right. So. Yep. Um, yes. Uh, so Goku has this otherworldly ability to turn into this giant monster. And when he transforms, he winds up destroying the room around them. So everybody else manages to escape. But now they have to deal with the fact that Goku's a giant fucking monster that's trying to kill everything. Like he goes completely mindless. Mm. Um, and he actually destroys Pilaf's castle. Pilaf, Shu, and Mai barely manage to escape with their lives. Um, and they realize that the two components that turn him into this monster are the moon and his tail. <laughs> so they have Poir shapeshift into a giant pair of scissors and cut off Goku's tail. Okay. And Goku immediately reverts back into his humanoid form. 
now without a tail. Yeah. He wakes up with no memory. He's like, what happened to the castle? And they're like, we can't tell Goku that he killed his grandpa because that would be devastating to him. Yes. So they, they just make up some bullshit about the castle just start falling apart around them. And he's like, oh, lucky. Um, and he's like, hey, where's my tail? And they're like, you know what, Goku? Mm-hmm. You're probably better off without it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, our journey for the Dragon Balls is over. What are we going to do? Uh, Bulma decides to go back home to West City. And apparently all this forced exposure with Bulma has made Yamcha no longer afraid of her. So even though she can't wish for the perfect boyfriend, those two decide to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, Bar goes wherever Yamcha goes. Uh, Oolong decides to go, I guess, with Bulma and them. I can't remember, but uh, he just doesn't want to split the group, I guess, because he's grown to be fond of them, even though she definitely committed biological warfare on him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Goku goes, I'll tell you what. I'm actually going to split. I want to go train with Master Roshi. Um, and so the first arc, the Pilaf saga, quote-unquote, ends. Uh, it's only 13 episodes long, and I should point out that Dragon Ball was not meant to be a long-running series originally. Okay. Uh, okay. But this is the part where things begin to shift more to the Dragon Ball that we know of now. Because it initially started as um, a comedy a lighthearted adventure in a mystical world with a bunch of strange and mysterious beings. And it's this wide-eyed little youth Goku learning the way the world works. Um, And uh, it slowly turns into a martial arts epic, um, a character study, a drama, um, and, and yeah, I guess a martial arts drama um action adventure series would be how Dragon Ball ends and then Dragon Ball Z is where it begins to turn into a sci-fi I wouldn't call it a space opera but a sci-fi epic Okay sure uh because that Toriyama loves just making extremely obvious references like he's not mm-hmm. worried about subtlety he just He'll be like, I watched a thing and I liked it and I wanted to put it in my work. Um, <clears throat> there's a villain that Goku fights in early Dragon Ball called Major Metalatron, which is just Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Okay. Like, very clearly. <laughs> um, and later on, he, he makes a form for a villain called Frieza, which is clearly just based off the Xenomorphs from Alien. Um... He starts getting into his sci-fi shtick. He he's like, yeah, I'm gonna make some references to Alien. I'm gonna make some more references to Terminator. Um, the character Trunks is essentially John Connor from the Terminator series. He um, no, not John Connor. What's what's the other guy? Kyle. I uh, I don't remember. You know the the guy that comes back from the future to save the past. Yeah, I just can't currently remember. Yeah, I I'm not. A big I will eventually fan. do a watch through of the Terminator franchise for <laughs> Fandom Optimists, and then I will be good to go on that name. Gotcha. But uh, the point is, uh, uh, so the shift to the martial arts side of things starts with Goku training with Roshi and meeting his new best friend, be his longtime best friend, the man, the myth, the legend. 
The guy with no nose, Prillin. <laughs> Prillin is such an unsung hero of Dragon Ball. People make fun of him so much. He is one of the greatest fucking characters. No joke. In in modern Dragon Ball, he is the strongest human being. Period. Okay. The only guy that has no alien ancestry or otherworldly abilities. He is just a human. He is the strongest human being. Okay. Uh, he's awesome. But he starts off as a shit. He, he is... <laughs> you'll, you'll find in Dragon Ball, by the end, 95% of Goku's friends were his enemies at one point. <laughs> Yamcha started off as an enemy. He is now a friend. Krillin... Similarly, he also wants to train with Master Roshi. He shows up at the same time as Goku. And Krillin is not nearly as superhumanly strong as Goku. Uh, Krillin comes from, it's called the Orin Temple, but it's clearly the Shaolin Temple, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's bald. He's got six dots on his forehead, which are, um, a lot of people have wondered over the years, what's with the six dots? It's a Buddhist thing. You, you take lit incense and make tiny little burn marks on your forehead. Okay. Um, that's a real thing they do. So he, he is from a Buddhist temple. And uh, we would find out that he was considered the runt of that temple. He was bullied pretty badly by a couple mm-hmm. of the uh, other temple members. So he ran away to train with the world's greatest martial arts master, Master Roshi, so he could come back and... Just be super strong and cool and style on those guys. <laughs> um, but uh, Goku starts pitting uh, Krillin... Or, sorry, Roshi starts pitting Goku and Krillin against each other. The first training that they have, Roshi picks up a rock. He... Oh, I should say he lives on an island in the middle of the sea. Uh, there's a little house on it called Kame House. But it can be turned into a capsule. So they wind up taking it and, like... For training, they go to the mainland because okay. he wants to enter them both in the Tenkaichi Budokai or the World's Strongest Under the Heavens tournament. In English, it's just called the World Martial Arts Tournament. Okay. And it is a tournament that happens once every three years uh, where people from all over the world fight for the glory of being crowned the strongest under the heavens. Um, hmm. Which is, again, sort of a callback to the thing of Sun Wukong, because I never really finished. Sun Wukong winds up, at the end of his journey, defeating the Jade Empire, being called the strongest under the heavens. And even that winds up not being good enough for him, so he winds up becoming a god and uh, challenging Buddha himself. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's... It's a wild story, and uh, very funnily enough, one of the only things that Goku didn't mirror from Sun Wukong for many years was that Goku never became a god. And then 2013 <laughs> came around, and it was like, now nah, we fixed it. Goku's a god now. <laughs> um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so uh, he's training Goku and, and Krillin. He grabs a rock, he writes with a permanent marker, a little symbol on it, and he just chucks that motherfucker as hard as he can into the woods. <laughs> and he goes, whichever one of you can bring me back that rock gets dinner tonight. 
Okay. And something you need to know about Goku. Goku has exactly two great passions in life, and they're fighting and food. Uh, okay. He eats an impossible amount. Like, the amount of mass that he puts in his body literally cannot be contained by his body, and yet it is somehow. It's <laughs> like, even if he was able to process food that fast to eat at the pace and and quantity that he does, he would have mm-hmm. to immediately be shitting it out. And he doesn't, as far as I'm aware. I guess that's just off screen. No, no, no. I mean, like, he's sitting at the table. He would have oh, to be okay. shitting himself at the table with the amount that he's putting into his body. Okay. <laughs> but it, it's just one of those things where apparently his... His stomach is a void. <laughs> um, look, just trust me. He he eats stupid amounts of food. <laughs> so he's like, I don't want to go tonight without eating. I'm going to get that rock. And so him and Krillin go out. And Krillin is a pessimist, um, which really in the world of Dragon Ball is just more like a realist. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's like, there's no fucking way I can find a single rock in this forest when it was thrown from like a mile away hmm. and Goku rolls up. He's like, Hey, I found the rock. <laughs> My God. And Krillin's like, are you fucking serious? Are you kidding me right now? He's like, yeah, look, I found it. It's got the symbol. He's like, huh? Wow. That's uh, Hey Goku. Uh, can I see that rock real quick? He's like, yeah, here you go. He's like, cool. And he pretends to throw it, but he h- hides it behind his back. Mm hmm. And Goku goes running, and he pulls out a different rock. Um, no, wait, that's not what happens. Wait, what the fuck happens? Because I remember... Oh, yeah. He, he he tries to fucking swipe it from Goku. Um, oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, sorry. It's been a while since I watched this. I remember now. Okay. They both go out into the forest. Krillin's like, there's no way I can find this rock. He just grabs a random rock and recreates the symbol Roshi wrote on it. Uh, on hmm. it, And he takes it back to Roshi. And Roshi's like, I know that's a fake, you little shit. Get back out there. <laughs> and Krillin's like, ah! Goes back out there. At this point, that's when Goku shows up. He's like, I found the rock. And oh, Krillin funny. grabs it, pretends to throw it, and Goku, like a fucking dog, goes running after it. And Krillin just hit it behind his back. So Krillin books it back to Roshi. He's like, I found the real rock this time. Roshi's like, all right, you ignorant little... Oh, wait, this is the rock. All right, cool. (laughs) And so Goku has to go without food that night. But the joke's on Krillin because um, they wind up getting food poisoning. Um, Because, okay, uh, I'm going to mention this character... Because Akira Toriyama can't remember her, so it's the duty of us fans to remember this character. There's a girl named Launch. Okay. Um, one of the prerequisites Roshi forced upon Goku and Krillin uh, before they could train with him was for them to find a hot young lady for to, to be his companion, basically. And they found this sweet, innocent, blue-haired girl named Launch who for whatever reason, was being accosted by the police. (laughs) And they fought off the cops, they rescued her, brought her back, and she's like, 
oh, sure, I'll live with this creepy old man, and I'm just really happy that you guys saved me, and I'm really happy to be here. And and one of their first things they do is Roshi pulls out um, like a like a, a piece of lingerie and has her wear it. And she's like, why am I wearing this? And he's like, it's the turtle school uniform. And she's like, it doesn't hmm. seem quite right. He's like, no, seriously, check it out. And him, Goku, and Krillin are all wearing the same bits of lingerie. My God. And Krillin clearly knows what's going on. And he's just like, I fucking hate that you're making me doing this. <laughs> making me do this. <laughs> um, but then she sneezes. And something happens. Her hair changes from blue to blonde. Okay. And she looks down at herself wearing this lingerie. And is like, I'm going to murder you all. Pulls out a gun and shoots them all. <laughs> oh my god. Turns out she has this incredibly weird condition where she has a split personality and she switches back and forth between them when she sneezes. Uh, okay. So there's right. blue-haired Launch, who's a, a little sweetie pie, and then blonde Launch is who the cops were actually after because she robbed a fucking bank. Okay. Cool. Um... Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, for their first dinner that Krillin and Roshi both get to eat, Blue-Haired Launch went to cook for them. And they start feeling like they're dying. And they're like, Launch, what did you cook for us? She's like, I cooked puffer fish. Okay. And Roshi's like, isn't that a fish that has a poison sack in it and you need to be like a world-class chef to cut around it? She's like, is it? <laughs> oh no <laughs> and so they just have food poisoning all night <laughs> oh my god um, but anyway at the end of it all they wind up training um, both Goku and Krillin become supremely strong but one of the best messages of all of Dragon Ball happens it's in not one of the funny moments not one of the exciting moments not one of the competitive moments it's in a quiet moment and I think this is where the true beauty of Dragon Ball comes in uh, okay. This this might actually be where I start to wrap up the episode for today, but I, I made I wanted to make sure I got to this point to share it with you. Sure. We, we hear the turtle school philosophy, so it's Roshi, Goku, and Krillin are all laying in hammocks, and okay. and uh, it, again, Roshi normally either like he normally has co comedic moments, right? Um, to varying degrees of effectiveness either he's being punished for his actions or he's just being a creepy old man and it's hard to take him too seriously but he does have a genuinely beautiful almost like father-son moment or like grandpa grandson moment with them mm -hmm. um they're laying in these hammocks and goku starts to get antsy um because up until this point he has found fun through fighting he is uh he has fought when necessary or when he just doesn't like somebody. But this is the moment that truly shapes him as a character going forward. He goes, Master Roshi, shouldn't be shouldn't we be training? And Roshi just simply says, We are training, my boy. It's like, what do you mean? We're just laying here. And he's like, giving your body time to rest is very important. And any martial artist can tell you that if you push yourself without resting, you you won't get far. And it's more <laughs> than that. You have to give your mind time to rest. And you know, even beyond that, what are you fighting for? 
at the end of the day, fighting is great, but living is the true goal. Oftentimes, you will find yourself in dangerous situations where you have to fight, and being trained to protect yourself or to protect others, that will always come in handy, but you do it so you can live. And he says the line, fight well, rest well, eat well, play well. That is the turtle school way. That's cool. And Goku very clearly like takes those words to heart. He absorbs them. And after looking over at Roshi while he was speaking, he just looks up, looking at the beautiful blue sky through the palm fronds of the tree overhead. And you see like his eyes slowly close as he just takes it in. And that makes Goku. That is the beauty of Dragon Ball. Because from now on, he learns to appreciate quiet moments. He learns to appreciate having time with his friends. Fighting is always the thing that gets him the most excited, the most happy. But he learns to love life. And that makes him like he's always been like sweet and friendly but that's what makes him start looking out for other people and hmm. that's what makes him like he's never been a hero he never goes out of his way to look for people in danger to save from a bad guy it's just that that shit finds him through circumstance but this really changes from he doesn't even realize he's helping half the time to him really caring about others. Um, That's cool. There, there is a, a true turning point in the, in the series later on in Dragon Ball when Krillin dies. And it's the first time we see Goku truly heart-wrenchingly angry. Hmm. And he goes on a manhunt. He he is goes out for blood because because of this lesson leading to that. There there is a a a marked progression of his character in the series, and this is the basis for so many plot points later on because he and again the entire philosophy. He doesn't fight to be the best, and he used to only fight. For the thrill of the fight and yes that is still the main thing of it but beyond the thrill of the fight itself is now the excitement of fighting stronger people because roshi teaches him that as long as you are always living life the hardest you can you know training as hard as you can eating as hard as you can sleeping as hard as you can relaxing as hard as you can it's hmm. it there's he teaches him that is the way to live life and to never stop living life that way because there's always someone stronger around the corner and i think a lot of american dragon ball fans especially those goku fans i was talking about they took the lessons of Goku never giving up and always finding a way to succeed and always getting stronger. But they they didn't learn that 
unfortunately, because we didn't start with Dragon Ball in America, we started yeah. with Dragon Ball Z. Hmm. They wound up making a dub for Dragon Ball after Dragon Ball Z ended. Interesting. And a lot of that context is lost on people as a result. Um, it's hmm. why, as much as uh, a lot of people, and even a part of me still want to say, like, if you're going to watch Dragon Ball, start with Dragon Ball Z. I watched it that way, and it was great. I try not to do that. I try and tell people, look, Dragon Ball is dated, and it might be a little harder to stick with it if you start with Dragon Ball, the OG, but do it. You, you need the context of Dragon Ball to fully appreciate Dragon Ball Z. Um, mm. And, and it's because of beautiful moments like that. I think there's genuinely a lot to appreciate and learn. It, it's a very stupid and silly series. Uh, Goku is a, a little monkey boy who fights a, a rabbit that can turn people into carrots. And he uh, turns into a giant werewolf monkey. And uh, th there's, there's a bunch of stuff with... Um, underage girl pervitry and uh, at <laughs> one point he meets a Raleigh who once again is a little robot girl who pokes poop with a stick um, okay it, it is a ridiculous series but the reason it's so ridiculous is because it is a series that encapsulates the joy and wonder of exploring the world and it's a true series about growth not just the inevitably unstoppable growth of these characters constantly getting stronger to the point where they are now uh, destroying universes and everything, but um, but just like a, a true coming-of-age story. It, the story of Goku is one of a naive little boy becoming a man, and having been fostered by the previous generation, then beginning to foster the next generation. Hmm. And it's beautiful. And I, if anyone out there is like Jordan and has not watched this series, I genuinely recommend it. Um, it, it changed a lot of people's lives. It changed my life. Um, and watching it as a kid was thrilling and exciting and I loved it and I loved it for entirely childish reasons not that those reasons are wrong um, I still get excitement watching a lot of my favorite scenes but <laughs> fittingly for a series about growing up and developing I grew up and now that I can re-watch it with an adult mindset I've learned to appreciate it all on a much deeper level than I ever did. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't want to like belabor this too much. We've been recording for a little under an hour and a half now. Um, and again, I, I know me describing a character to you can only <laughs> be interesting for so long. So I guess, <laughs> like I said, we might talk more about, um, uh, the story of Dragon Ball, and I'll title them as like different characters. Like, 
okay. I'll, prob- I'll probably title this one like Goku just to keep it simple, and then the next one I might uh, title uh, Roshi because Roshi becomes the focal f- point for the next arc. But interesting. Um, okay. But my my point is that uh, it 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 is a very silly and fun series, but it's one with so much heart and. Hmm. Um, it, you know, I'm obviously not going to like try and force this on you, but if this piques <laughs> your interest at all, I would love it if you actually started watching Dragon Ball and it, if you managed to get to the point where uh, Roshi has that speech about uh, the Turtle Hermit way or the Turtle School way, mm-hmm. then then I could be like, hey, let's pick it up again now. Well, no, actually, that wouldn't work because then I'd be spoiling shit for you that I know you're about to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I think that's going to be about it. Um, if you wind up not watching Dragon Ball, um, which you should, you should, you should, you should, <laughs> I, I will help provide the the proper way to watch the series so that mm-hmm. you can save as much of your time and still get all the important stuff. Um, but. Uh, if you don't watch it, then we can do more of these episodes. Cool. Um, but uh, I I have titled this episode Goku, so I will just let you know, Goku goes through a big arc. Eventually, he transitions from a silly and dumb and naive uh, boy to a much more confident and... Um, uh, still happy, still fun-loving, but he can be much more serious uh, uh, when he needs to be a young adult to um, a father who is fighting now for the sake of his family in addition to his own interests to eventually becoming a mentor and not even the main character anymore for a while, and then that gets undone and gets made the main character again, and I have opinions about that, but uh, yeah. uh, and eventually, like I said, becomes a god. Uh, funnily enough, actually, he, he was offered to be made a type of god at one point, and he was just like, nah, sounds boring, later. That's cool. <laughs> um, but he he goes through a pretty amazing journey, and uh, there is a lot of complaints about his character regression in Dragon Ball Super, um, to which I say his character regression started back in Dragon Ball Z, so don't try that shit with me. <laughs> that There was an entire arc about his son uh, taking over as the main character and him gracefully leaving the story in an incredibly beautiful and touching way, and then the next arc was just like, actually, Goku's the main character again, fuck it. <laughs> And it's very annoying. Um, so any of you Dragon Ball Super haters that want to say that Super ruined Goku, uh, Dragon Ball Z actually did. Fuck you. <laughs> um, all right, so I think that's going to be about it. So, uh, Jordan, what have you learned today? Uh, I've, I mean, I've learned that this is a real fucking weird and expansive thing. <laughs> I, but- was, I was prepared based on what little I knew to just hear about uh, an action-setting uh, just rivalry between two or three ludicrously powerful people. 
that is a main focal point of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Um, again, it becomes much more of an action and sci-fi epic in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's a mystical journey to start. Uh, I will say, talking about expansiveness, uh, the lore of Dragon Ball, a lot of people don't realize just how much lore there is um, mm. because people only talk about the same five or six things when talking about Dragon <clears> Ball. <throat> the video game, Dragon Ball Kakarot, or Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, has a feature in the game called the Z Encyclopedia. As you explore the world, you can visit little towns where little stories from Dragon Ball happen inside episodes or whatever. Uh, you can meet characters that weren't even in Dragon Ball Z. They were in OG Dragon Ball, like Android number eight. Um, uh, and as you just explore this vast open world, it adds entries to the Z Encyclopedia, which has hmm. hundreds of pages of lore. That's cool. I love filling out that fucking encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I'm I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, if you can't tell. I love Dragon Ball, and I love it for better reasons than most fans. Yes, I'm going to come out and say it. I have a more complete understanding of Dragon Ball than a lot of self-proclaimed Dragon Ball fans. Because I will tell you, Dragon Ball fans don't read. Dragon Ball fans haven't watched the series since they were children. Dragon Ball fans are illiterate fucking mongrels that don't know shit. I actually <laughs> hate being part of the Dragon Ball fan community. <laughs> it's, it's very frustrating. Because, <laughs> like, other fan communities will all have stupid people with terrible ga garbage opinions, right? Mm -hmm. um, you'll have the uh, Snyder Superman truthers who think that Superman should never be happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you'll have the... Um, the, the fucking uh, Toby Spider-Man truthers who think that uh, Spider-Man having web shooters is dumb. Uh, yeah. You know, you have, like, every fandom has its, like, bad takes. It's only Dragon Ball that I see where the vast majority of fans have bad takes. <laughs> the only thing that rivals it is Star Wars. <laughs> That's funny. Um... Yeah, but anyway, okay, uh, th this was obviously my own vanity project. I wanted to talk about it uh, today. <laughs> um, next time uh, you and me get together, Jordan will probably be talking about Ninja Storm. Cool. Um, you'll have a lot more to say <laughs> in that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like you said, we're coming up on the big number 100. So we're, we're both oh, going to have yeah. a lot to say there. Mm -hmm. um i'm actually the closer we get the more scared i'm getting because i'm like how am i even going to possibly structure that i mean yeah so so i do think we're gonna return to form and have a like an actual structured here's the real world timeline of everything that's happened we just know a lot more about this so yes. it's like it's gonna be because usually we're looking up stuff about characters or you're telling me some stuff that you know about characters. And yeah. this is going to be one of the rare situations. I'm guessing we're bringing in Jay where all three of us know like the back of our hands, 
almost everything about the both real world and fictional history of a character. Yeah. This is going to be a lot. I can't remember. Have, have we talked what episode 100 is? I think we said it on the show, right? We've said it. I think we've said a handful of times what it would be. Yeah. Okay. So if anyone's curious, uh, listen to my other episodes. Yeah. Um, or just let it be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> no, make them listen. Yeah, that's true. You have to dig through, find it. That, Somewhere that we mentioned the, it. That we probably mentioned it at the beginning of we probably mentioned it at the beginning of this episode and forgot. Oh, <laughs> so probably. I don't know. <laughs> we could have said it two minutes ago and I just forgot. Like that's also possible. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that was my call to action. I was being a good podcaster and <laughs> you put uh, yes, right very good. <laughs> well, see, here's the problem. I like, I think I've mentioned this before, but in college I did radio instead of podcasting and they had limitations on what we were allowed to say. And one of them is that you can't tell people what to listen to. And so I was like, so I, that got like baked into my brain. And so it's been hard as a podcaster to be like, you should go follow this or listen to this. I, I am constantly telling people what to listen to. Uh, and <laughs> oftentimes I'm telling them to listen to me. So yeah. um, uh, I would be extremely hated by your college uh, radio people. Yep, probably. Because <laughs> they'd be like, uh, don't don't do any calls to action, and then just cut to ten minutes later, me being like, and this is why you should watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and they'll be like, no. Yep. Yeah, they they had all many, all sorts of fun little technicalities of like you're allowed to say that you can be reached at this email address, or you could find us on Facebook, and then you can separately say that liking the Facebook page helps it with visibility you cannot say please go like our facebook page <laughs> something like that uh, it's I don't like know you got I... like little technicalities that you have to jump through um i don't know if i've ever said this outright i'm i probably have um and i'm sure you probably already know this like you you have no question about it but um i always had a problem with authority <laughs> yep oh yeah you, you i don't think that that a radio station would have been a good fit for you. <laughs> no, I would definitely be fighting with people. <laughs> like, because mm -hmm. that was always a thing where, like, oh man, if I was told I couldn't do something, mm -hmm. I was, I was so spiteful. And I, that I it's like the one thing you can't do. There's is like, like excessive cursing you can't do. And calls to action, you can't do. That was it. Those were the only rules we were given, too. They were like, there's no topic you can't cover. There's no, like, there's nothing you can't imply. Um, you know what? Uh, if, they were, if they said you can't excessively curse, and they went on to say you can do any topic, to spite them, I would be like, today we're going to talk about George Carlin. Hey, uh, so he had a really fun bit. Uh, called seven <laughs> words you can't say, and then I would go out yep. of my way to say them. <laughs> oh yeah, be like you said I could do any topic, mm -hmm. shit, fuck, cunt, whatever the others are. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, no, 
I I need the uh, unrestrained freedom that this provides me because if, <laughs> if I had someone in my ear being like, you can't say that, I would say it harder because I look, I'm I'm a friendly guy in most aspects, but mm-hmm. I do not take well to uh, uh, limitations being placed upon me. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, one uh, one thing at my job is my coworkers have learned that they, they have said I have exceptional customer service skills. Let it be known. If you are good to me, I will be fucking fantastic to you. <laughs> but there are some people who come in being extremely shitty and my patience has its limit. And so my coworkers have learned that oftentimes I'll call them up and I'll just be like, you deal with this. Or I will fuck. I, I will fucking destroy this person. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we'll just take over from here. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, uh, at one point, uh, I, I wear my mask to work, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we we close at ten o'clock p.m. and we try to be out the door at ten p.m. And one night at like ten ten p.m., this woman was still ringing up her groceries. And um, I had a coworker who doesn't work there anymore, still with me. And she was helping this lady. And Mm. my body was becoming visibly more tense. Like my shoulders kept going up higher and higher. And uh, my hands on the counter kept becoming more and more clawed in their shape. Oh my God. Um, And my, okay. My superhuman feature is my eyebrows. My, my eyebrows, when they become furrowed, like stick out, like I'm a fucking caveman. Mm. And, um, they, they stick out over the tops of my glasses. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Cause, uh, when this lady finally left, um, the coworker looks at me and I pull my mask down and I've got the biggest fucking scowl. Oh my God. Like, I was I was like gritting my teeth behind my mask, and <laughs> I just see her like eyes go wide, and I'm like I'm so fucking sick of her. Holy shit! Like I oh I wanted to go home, and she was taking so long, and she's so stupid. I don't have patience for stupid people. The machine tells you what to fucking do. All you have to do is listen and read. It's like. The, the fuck you scan an item and she goes place your item in the bagging area and these fucking lemming npc ass noodle brain no thought having motherfuckers just put it like on top of the scanner and they're like why can't i scan the next thing That's i don't funny. understand why i can't scan in fact put your item in the bagging area do you think you can't scan the next item? Maybe it's because you didn't do the one thing it told you to do? Mm. I'm going to give myself a fucking aneurysm. I need to chill out. But <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I was also working that last had, night. That, so... had, that had J.K. Simmons energy. Of, it. of um, you know, in Spider-Man Three, is the is the bit where the intercom goes off and he keeps like screaming at everyone all the time, 
And at yeah. some point, at some point, the intercom goes off, and it's the assistant says, says, Mr. Jameson, your wife called, said to watch your anger, watch your blood pressure. And he goes, you tell my wife. And he quietly presses the intercom button and goes, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> just... I, the, the blood actually rushed to my face and I'm really hot now. Because <laughs> um, I get this thing where like my neck especially turns really red when I'm angry. Uh-huh. <laughs> so nice. I'm like fanning myself. Oh. Yes, I just worked last night, so um, <laughs> I, I was letting out some steam that had gathered last night. Yeah, you got, you got to get that out of there, yeah. It, it will, I, I don't think people appreciate, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I hate people that say that I'm a good person. You're probably not if you say that, but like, like, I don't think people appreciate the amount of effort I put into me to be good, because I'm not naturally good. I am a, an angry motherfucker. I hate people so much, and I got in so many fights and I, I've like said some of the most horrific things one human being can say to another in my lifetime. And I'm just like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to be good. Why are you fucking making it harder for me than it needs to be? Don't test me. I'm only a C student when it comes to patience. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of effort. All right. Uh, yeah. So if you uh, don't like listening to us uh, talk about Power Rangers and Dragon Ball characters and stuff all this time, you can join the Cape Quarter Discord and you can give me a suggestion for what you would like to listen to. Um, you can also support me at my Spotify for Podcasters page. If you want to hear more of this, which why would you at this point? I'm... Oh, I'm a maniac. You shouldn't be listening to me. <laughs> um, but you can. It works just like Patreon, and you can donate any amount of money uh, every month. Uh, shout out to Kairu, who is my sole supporter right now. Um, you can also find updates, uh, kind of, not really, on my Tumblr page, at not at, but uh, Beyond Blue 2 on Tumblr. Um, it's mostly just my personal... Again, I might make a Cape Corn Tumblr if I feel like it. <laughs> um, you can listen to Jordan at the Phantom Optimist. Uh, have you done an episode since... It's It's been a while. I've been kind of laying low. Sometime in the next two weeks, I plan to return to relatively regular posting. Okay. Um... Also, uh, at Jordan Blue Man everywhere, including Blue Sky now. Wow, you got in, huh? I got in. So you can yeah, find man, there. I got in. I got it. Do you, do you know what I'm referencing? No. It's uh, Tron Evolution. Oh, okay. Wait. No, Tron Legacy. <laughs> Which one's the movie? <laughs> I can't remember now. One's a video game and one's a movie. I think... Mm. I think it's Tron Legacy is the movie. I think that's right. Um, yeah, it's it's the start of the movie where he's like, yeah, th- there's a computer world and nobody was ever there until, and then the kid's like, you got in? And he's like, yeah, man, I got in. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, 
Oh, and uh, check out the Hall of Pods podcast network. The link tree is in the description. Um, it's got the Phantom Optimists and the SJW Comic Book Club and uh, uh, the True Believers, the comic book podcast. I wonder if uh, Chris ever gets annoyed at the fact that I clearly always think of theirs last. That's funny. <laughs> um, to avoid ordering them at all, I just don't mention them, which might be worse. I mentioned yeah. the hall. Of, I mentioned the hall of pods, and I'm just like, all my cool friends are there. Go, go look, please, because <laughs> I don't want someone to be last. <laughs> uh, you're such a fucking pansy, dude. <laughs> you're like, you're like one of those people. Okay, so. Uh, I, I had a friend growing up. I won't name name names, but I considered them my best friend. And I was like, uh-huh. you're my best friend, man. And he's like, uh, I don't really have best friends. I don't oh, want to so consider any of my friends above any others. Uh, and I'm that's like, so sad. I'm like, well, then you're just upsetting everybody. You're not making anything better. You're making it bad for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, especially when I say you're my best friend for you to be like, well, you're not mine. Yeah, that's, that's sad. That's, I'm fine putting like one person or one thing like above things, but I don't want anything to be last. It's hard for me to put a last. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they set their game up. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. No, but the capitalism, it, man, competition I, drives success. I don't, I don't think that they're last because I fucking say them last. It's just it, no, yeah, someone it's needs just, to be listed last. It's, it's no, yeah, I know, I know, but I'm deep diving into your fucking psyche, bro. I'm, I'm giving you a psychological examination, and uh, you, you clearly have a, a fear of letting other people down. Oh well, that's you've got me there, though. <laughs> Yeah, see, you thought I was doing a bit. I'm (laughs) actually really fucking smart. (laughs) Maybe you forgot. No, man, I didn't forget. (laughs) Uh, see that that's that's the the cold slap in the face. It's just like, haha, I'm gonna make a joke about psychologically evaluating you, and then I'm gonna give you an extremely serious diagnosis. (laughs) Here's a real one for you. Take that to your therapist. You're just gonna be like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) um anyway yeah once again if you'd like to hear more of this unhinged insanity uh you can listen to some of the other episodes and maybe share an episode with a friend i could always use some new listeners um but other than that i think we're about done here sorry i had to burp (laughs) (laughs) i should also point out literal minutes before we started recording uh, I ate an entire pizza. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, so that's been brewing in my stomach for a, a mm-hmm. little bit now. Um, all right. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Stay strong, stay true to yourselves, and Goku doesn't fuck except to procreate. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying that's canon. <laughs> he has had sex at least two times in his life, and it's probably been only those two times. Mm-hmm.
No, because you don't understand. There are people that are like, oh yeah, Goku fucks, and they draw like fan art of him banging like Vados, this angel girl, or like uh, Princess Snake, or just like every woman in the series. And they're like, oh yeah, my thug Goku has tattoos and wears streetwear and bones down, and it's just like, at that point, why not just be fans of a different character? Because mm-hmm. that's not who Goku is. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm going to end on that. Uh, Bye.